0: Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, we love seeing you live every Thursday night on Facebook and YouTube land. The chats are always on fire. Just remember, your chats might show up on the show. As always, if you can't catch us live, We always uh, have the replays up and on your favorite podcasting app. You know me. My name is John Rewark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. Next up for his introduction, Joe Martinez.
1: Hello, Joe Martinez. I still do things and stuff. I know we're a little behind, so I will keep it short and sweet. Great to be here.
2: Rock on.
0: Short and sweet. That was your uh, dancing nickname, right? Moving on.
2: Robert Johnson, how are you? I'm just laughing. That was good, good one, John. Uh, <laughs> Robert Johnson, uh, past master, Waukegan Lodge 78, current sitting secretary, Pro tem there uh, for life. Yeah, yeah. Space Novum 1183, current sitting secretary, for life. and uh, uh, a past district deputy Grandmaster
3: Woo, for
0: life. for life. Nice, awesome. And last but not least, for his introduction, Jason Richards and a bonus guest. Woo. What? Hello.
3: Hey, everybody. Jason Richards here, past master of Vacation Lodge 316 I'm Coastman, Virginia, a member
4: of a couple other lodges as well. And here with brother Nicholas Lane. I'm uh, past master of Burlington Lodge 165, a couple virtual lodges. And as the brethren are going to say, I'm a newly minted right virtual brother for Hamilton District A. Yay!
0: Yay! And there was a bunch of rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So Thank while you. we have a, a little delayed start do you want to give a shout out to the patrons who support the show you guys are awesome thank you very much if you want to support the show head over to patreon.com slash the masonic Roundtable. awesome we'll forego the tarot card of the week tonight so we can get right to the good stuff which is the celebration of a district deputy grandmaster that's, that's that's a big deal so um again why don't you uh brother right worshipful lane Give us a little overview of what a district deputy grandmaster does
4: sure so we can, maybe we'll start at the structure of a of lodge we can do that let's all do that back. let's we'll start at I the, like the it. bottom it's almost like we talked about this for 20 minutes and realized we were live it was a warm-up so when you think about a lodge you have an executive uh, an executive team led by your worship master Within those uh, lodge constructs, the next thing you'll move up into would be a district, and a district is a compilation of lodges. And that lodge and that district is then led by a representative of the grandmaster. In this case, we call it the district deputy grandmaster. So his intention is to be an executive. So if you think about the concept of a master is like a president of a company, the district deputy is the CIO. Of those said smaller companies, Interesting. so we act at a higher level. tries to to look across. In our case, uh, traditionally, the the district deputy here in the Grand Lodge of Canada, the province Grand Lodge of Canada, the province of Ontario. Ooh, got that right again. A long day. Um, the, we act as almost in a lot of states uh, components. We think about it as an ISO auditor. So we're looking at your books when we have an official visit. The intention is that our lodges would then provide work
0: is that ISO 9,000, or is that a different number?
4: Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a large number. <laughs> not ISO 9,000. Let's, okay. let's just use that as an idea. So it's, it's a, a mechanism that we can uh, look against each lodges and there's a, uh, a grading system we use. We use something called an L form here and the L form allows for us to, uh, to submit within two business days, uh, information from the Lodge. Myself as the district deputy, I have to send it to our Grand Lodge. There are a bunch of people that look at the reports. We don't use AI yet. And uh, they then support and then give us back information. So so we'll talk about that. You're also kind of the head guy to talk about ritual. So we work within the custodian of the work to make sure that the ritual throughout our province here in Canada and Ontario has, uh, in this case, we have 40 districts. So we were then instructed to make sure that we have common process policies and practices as we talk about it. We're not a uh, mouth-to-ear jurisdiction, so we do have you know, a cipher that's pretty much pointed. So, so now it's making sure that we're all taking the same same notes and playing the same songbook. Uh, we're expected to give education and help with that, and then last but not least, there's that little thing called peaks and quarrels. So when you think about it, at that next structure, so then you go from, so you said Lodge and District, then we have our Grand Lodge. And the Grand Lodge, in our case, like yours, works on a provincial level, because we have, you know, provinces here uh, across Canada. And then uh, each of those provinces would have a Grand Lodge, and then we then break it down to the District Deputy. So they act as the eyes and ears of the Grand Master. Wow. was tell them to...
3: Yes, in some and, regard, yeah. and
4: tongue too. Yes, so we are House. told. We are told that one of our our jobs, and it, and it makes sense, is that we are to to give the messages that come from Grand Lodge in a clear and effective manner back to uh, to those.
0: So you said how many districts are in uh, your in our area? So
4: forty districts in in the province of Ontario.
0: Okay, and so then therefore, how many lodges do you ever see in your district?
4: Mine's eleven.
0: 11 wow that's a lot. That's, that's a lot of lodges that's a lot of stated meetings you have to go to
4: that's yeah, so, about 80 a year my wife's excited no
0: she's
1: not 80 <laughs> you better yeah. up that 1-800 flower credit card that's more than <laughs> one, month. More, yeah. than one yeah. month. more than one more than one so right worshipful brother nicholas i have a question yes sir for you um How did you get picked to become the district deputy grandmaster in your district? I know it's different based on jurisdiction and everybody's got their own little ways of doing it, but how were you specifically chosen to be this year's district deputy grandmaster?
4: So, so two things happen. Um, Our district works on a rotation. Some have elected positions. So every year there could be an election. Ours uh, within the uh, used to be 12 lodges. uh, We would have a rotation. So every 12 years, your lodge, in theory, would uh, put together a, a list of um, candidates to become a district deputy. So, when, it's getting, when you're getting close to your rotation time, the past masters will all meet. And um, through a very arduous process, in other words, okay, out of the five of us, who thinks you want to do this commitment? And, is it the shortest draw get, or is it, <laughs> uh, everybody steps it, back except for you? you well, there was, there was three of us that stepped forward, And at the end of the day, it was me five years ago or six years ago. Well, congrats. Um, so then, so then we did that. So yeah, so we, we go through the, the election process there. Then in our case, our, 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 um, our district has a, a set path. So the expectation is you're going to be in that path for a minimum of, of four years, but they really want you five to seven years working in the district so that you go through the different roles and each district deputy per year will have a, uh, a constitution of uh, chair, chairman working on their roles.
0: So is this an implied or an explicit like um, what do we call progressive line? Because we've talked about progressive lines <laughs> within an, a lodge in the past, uh, but I, would, I mean, it sounds I like would, you got to do the time, right? You got to do some I work. Think you
4: got to do the time and, and some plied. And and okay. the challenge, the challenge you also have is uh, depending on how things go. Um, so I'll, I'll, my myself example, um, I was supposed to be, a th- in theory, a district deputy in two thousand and what are we in two thousand and twenty, but. Um, my through my own family challenges and things like that, I said to the, the, the you know, the district team, I said, No, I, I, I need two more years. So we stepped ourselves back twice. Uh, two okay. years and then, then you move forward and then you you continue along the way. So you dodged that whole thing called COVID. Yeah.
0: It could have been really easy.
4: I could. <laughs> so so there but that could have happened. So when the district deputy who's I'm replacing, he actually served two years because he hit COVID. And then the same thing on the guy behind him, he's hit two years too. So we had a bit of a pause for a while. So I have a book that's upstairs now because I was at Grand Lodge, but you know, I've had most of my speeches because it, a part of the uh, the role of the district deputies, he gives a four to five minute speech at the end of each official uh, visit on education. So uh, generally one of the things we have to do is we want to get about 14 to 18 speeches written of four to six minutes a piece. So that that's another. Chat GPT. Yeah, I, I only learned that after. Most of my stuff's from <laughs> I'm gonna probably do some, we'll talk later on that aspect. But, <laughs> so, so yeah, so there's that work effort too. So it's, it's not an insignificant amount of work at the district level. Um, we also have a process that once you hit in the four year mark and you're coming out, each of the roles that are defined, um, buildings, regalia, benevolence, and uh, um, regalia, yeah, regalia are the the four that that we would need to get into that uh, that final rotation. So two away is regalia, one away is buildings. Uh, Susie had buildings, yeah, that guy. He's he's the district deputy grandmaster in our area. Are there any sort of like milestones or phase gates
3: that you know DDG or prospective DDGMs need to? like, pass to ensure that they're kind of progressing the way Qualified.
4: Qualifications? Yes, qualifications. So, yes, um, written in the Constitution, uh, all of us as aspirants. We can say aspirant at that point in time. Uh, We have to uh, apply through the College of Freemasonry here in the Grand Lodge Canada, Providence Ontario. We then have to finish a uh, course, a past master's course. Both the district deputy grandmasters and anybody running for the board general purpose also have to do that. So it's basically anybody starting to take executive office within uh, Grand Lodge is required to to take that course. That course gives uh, different modules. In that case, in this one, there are sixteen modules in total. I still have the sticky because I'm still finishing the other ones on my desk. Which ones I haven't started. And uh, this one has, has six uh, major components. You take Constitution, Education, Protocol, and Etiquette, uh, Lodge History, um, Philosophy. Um, yeah, those are the kind of the major ones. Each one of those will have about 40, 45 questions. Uh, sorry, 20, 20, 20 to 35 questions. Some of them will go to 40. And anywhere between 40 to 60 pages of work that you have to submit to a marker. So, I mean, that's, <clears throat>
0: that's something huge. Like that's something you can't just phone in. Like you got to put some work in.
4: Yeah. that which I like? Yeah, That's awesome. Almost nine months to make sure I got it done in time just <laughs> to do that part. Then in our grand lodge, you're uh, required to go to a district course. Hmm. Uh, it was a full eight hour course that you had to attend. Now we do it online, but. They prefer, I, I think we're probably even definitely go back in 2023, We'll probably go back to only um, having that. So there's a there's a whole rigmarole. Um, we're, we're given a, a book, a reading book list. So we have uh, Meeting the Challenge, which is our Grand Lodge's specific thing. I know RJ in, uh, in Ohio, you had a similar, I remember going to the Mid-Atlantic Education Conference and one of your brethren had written that. So we have two books, Leadership. Meeting the challenge, our first grandmaster, towards the square, questions and answers. You have to have a book, uh, concept, the, the latest version of the Constitution. You need your district bylaws, your lodge bylaws. Um, wow. Mackey's encyclopedia is a good one to have because they'll, they'll want you to go in through there and quote through that. Uh, what else is on the book list? Uh, Beyond the Pillars. And yeah.
0: So you have to memorize all those books.
4: So 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 the intention is before you start the course, chapter and verse, Mm -hmm. all of those books, both so that when you go and get the questions and the marker wants three references, you can't just say, I found the constitution. You can say, I found the constitution. I found it in meeting the challenge. So it's again, another audit process to make sure that you've followed the education stream.
0: Control F find. OCR. That's so
4: it. the only book that is actually online and PDF searchable is the constitution. Yes.
1: So uh, I so that- $99 and a copy of Adobe will change your life. My friend. So okay.
4: Let's just say that the printers over here, but you know, Joe, so I'll give you a thing. Once you got through about three of the sections and you're on your third or fourth one, you're getting really good. You're like, I saw that question. Here, let me rip out this book. So for sure, I, I'm I'm an IT guy. Like I think most of us on this, this forum are, but there's still something said to be, I like going through the book. once. So,
1: oh, you're, you're preaching to the choir on. I like paper. So, so yes. I still so, like paper. Yeah. So,
4: and, and I still kind of, you know, take the highlighter and then, and my other jar drawer, I still have stickies and, you know, you put the post-it note here. This is okay. This is where they are. So again, so you have, you know, course expectation, time and job and role, um, a leadership experience. Um, obviously, well, I can't say obviously not everybody in this call knows, but we have all had to be a, a past master within the jurisdiction. Um, another kind of fun fact for us is today I have to go to all of my craft lodges and say, I have no other job other than this year being a district deputy. So I'm the Tyler uh. of my lodge. In burlington reunion lodge here in ontario i will be sending my master a note to say i resign i'm the secretary of castle Island virtual lodge i will be sending my Manitoba brother a note to say not now i'll call you in a year." and in 17 days i stopped being the uh worship master of endeavor virtual lodge so and you're I double booked do right now,
0: now for 17 days right 17 days we just don't tell them that I do stuff for us. You are you are uh, out
3: of compliance for 17 days.
0: Or yes. or that's really good cuz you can be your own boss.
1: Question 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 question. Right, We're full. Nicholas, I have a question. So you cuz I know you're 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 like many of us, you're a busy man in multiple jurisdictions. So you're saying you have to give up jobs outside of this jurisdiction where you're currently serving as District Deputy Grandmaster? Correct. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
4: They want you to be truly focused on the job at hand as that conduit. Oh, wow. wow. I, I thought it was just for like a
0: know. conflict of interest kind of thing, but no, like you're like, you,
4: they, they want they, you to, they, there is a conflict of interest, but no, they, wow. long, I, don't, I don't want to get into it here, but let's just say there's a bit of backstory and how I know that information. Could you imagine a, a DDGM and any of our other jurisdictions,
3: like giving up, like, all of their officer roles in like a pendant bodies.
0: Even. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah. Like, wow. There'd be nobody Another to craft. work. How can you do everything oh, if you're not yeah. in everything? Yeah.
4: So it's just craft, right? Okay. Craft lodges. So I can still be a part. But I tell the guys in Royal Arch, no, you're not getting my time, dudes. Like, no, I'm not going to become good. The principal's sorcerer. No, no, I'm, right, gonna, right. I'm staying back here. No, I do not want to be the third principal. I need you to step in this game. No, they've already asked that question. I said no. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 very much a methodic process. I would like to say that's it's found everywhere. I don't think it is. Um, we also have a mentoring process. So within our district deputies, um, three district deputies ago, we decided that as a team, we said, it doesn't make sense to have a flash in, in the pan. WE WANT TO MAKE SURE THAT OUR, our DISTRICT HAS A LONG-RANGE PLAN, THAT WE KNOW HOW WE WANT TO WORK WITHIN OUR LODGES TO PROVIDE THAT LEADERSHIP, EDUCATION, AND MENTORING, REM. WE ALSO SAID THAT WE WANT TO TRY TO SAY, HOW DO WE FOCUS OUR CHARITY? SO WHAT KIND OF CHARITY ARE WE GOING TO DO? SO IF WE'RE GOING TO WORK ON, YOU KNOW, FOOD FOR LIFE, for, for FOOD for, FOR CHILDREN IN, in OUR AREAS, Mine is the hospice, so we this year we get to select it and we go through those processes. So nice. what we're really trying to do is, and then the other part is, is that the, <laughs> the guy who's in the buildings committee, the next guy behind me, like, hey, dude, like you're going to be me in, in a year. You're now on my right shoulder and you become my best friend. The guy two ago, we then say we're going to cocoon you, and then the outgoing DDGM and the the one so one forward and one back. So there's a team of five people. That work within the ecosystem in our district to say we want to make sure that we do the best we can to serve the constituent members of our lodge and our grand lodge in a fair, friendly, and firm manner to help grow our lodge and, and provide that leadership we do here in Hamilton District Day. I really love the wow. I, I really love the
3: the thought and the preparation that goes into that. In, in this grand jurisdiction,
1: like it mind-blowing. it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Yes, yes, it it's awesome. awesome because there's yeah. so many jurisdictions where it's and and some people were commenting on it before. Um, you know, it's like some jurisdictions. You know, whoever the incoming grandmaster is, he'll he'll pick his buddies. You know, and you know, there's no forethought or planning or anything like that. Um, which, if that works for them, great. Um, I know some other jurisdictions do a rotation thing as well between the lodges but it's definitely not as organized as what you were talking mm-hmm. about brother right. nick um and and then even you know I've even seen jurisdictions uh that I'm a part of that on the rotation system um they'll default to the most senior past master and it could be a person that should not be doing the job has no right. time for the job and you know is not going to be committed to the job but because they're the Oldest past master in that lodge, they get the nod, and they get right you know, of first refusal. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't
0: normally refuse. that so. will never be <laughs> Joe. He, he will still be worshipful master. At I'll that
1: still time. be
2: worshipful master.
0: <laughs> Shut hey, up. So, how about this for contrast? I want to hear Robert's story, right? Because he's a past district deputy grandmaster. Um, mm-hmm. We've heard how awesome that process is in uh, in Canada. So let's hear how. Like what, what was your story, Robert? How did you
2: get into it? So the year I was a worshipful master of my lodge, I was asked to be, I was the most active lodge education officer in my district. Um, so when my DDGM came, he said, you're going to be my district education officer. And I said, okay, um, and so that was the same year I was worshipful master. So in addition to uh, being the education officer for the district, uh, I also had to accompany my DDGM, uh, which at that time was like, you're kind of the DDGM's assistant, right? You get the same access level to the membership database as he does and all of these things. And, and I kind of followed him around. And then um I, we were at the this this annual event every year. That's a charity event, and he leans over to me. He says, "I'm retiring uh, after this year." Um, he did two years, and he said, uh, "I'm going to pass the torch on to you." And uh, I, they have said that they're going to take my recommendation. And I was like, "Oh wow, that was great!" So I got All right. Uh, I you know that's how they how it works. Um, it goes through the uh, the DDGM, then talks to the area grandmaster, we have uh, 72 districts in Illinois with about 50,000 masons. Um, Above those 72 districts, we have areas that comprise, you know, the larger umbrella for the district. And then above the area is, of course, the grandmaster, the state, you know, he is the top of the umbrella, top of the pyramid. Um, And uh, then we've got... so he makes the recommendation to the area grandmaster who says yes or no. And if he likes it, he'll sign off and he sends it up to the grandmaster who says, I trust you stamps it approved at sessions grand lodge sessions. The, you know, basically they don't install us. Uh, They kind of do, but not really. They take all the new DDGMs, and we go behind the curtain at grand lodge sessions. uh, Literally is this giant, huge curtain. And the stands, we we rent out a convention center, so the, the the bleachers are all full. And we go behind the curtain, and the gr- the grandmaster comes over and he says, "Be silent. And bid you speak?" Blah 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 blah. Here's a couple things, and he just kind of, boom, you're done. That's it. They hand you your purple apron, and uh, you know you got to get out there. You attend your 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 area meetings, and you converse with other DDGMs, and it's very much similar to what uh, Nick was talking about. The the key differences here between you know, say our jurisdiction was very libertarian here in Illinois. I have to say, like, I don't really have any complaints about how they do it. How so? Well, it's, it's, it's very like, everything is up to the lodge. Um, The the grandmaster is not like, not too much
0: command and control.
2: Yeah. He's not like, Hey, you can't have uh, firearms and lodge. He wouldn't issue that. He said, it's up to the lodge to do what they want to do. So, you know, like j- just for an example, but in the terms of the, the DDGM thing, um, yeah, there was some commentary that was happening over on the side and he said, you know, I think they really just, they promote their friends and that does happen. And we call that uh, to an extent cronyism, but I made the comment, I said, you know, I think it happens, but it's not necessarily nefarious. They're not doing it to shut anybody out. It's Agreed. just like the way it is, is that they're dependent on your recommendation and they know you're awesome. So you are trusted then to make a pick of another person you know who is active. And um, I, I've had this conversation with a few guys. I mean, here in the US and even inside my state, some people think it's crazy. Uh, but here are a couple couple rules, right? Number one, um, I've got to visit. so I had seven lodges under my district. Not a lot, but I thought it was it was, it was a healthy amount. I don't know how, Nick, you're a saint for doing 11. That's awesome. Um, but you know, we would have until a certain date to do our official visits, which is very much an auditing process. We watch them open on the first degree, move up to the second and up to the third and close on the third. When they're all done, you have your remarks and do those kinds of things. Um, we don't have to do that, mm. but it's pretty, it's protocol to show that the lodge can open long form. Um, we audit their books and things, but you don't have to. You can appoint an entire team, but they're not given to you. So you can just hand pick guys. And that's what I did. Uh, the guy who succeeded me as DDGM, uh, was the ritual instructor that I, you know, had. He was my ritual guy. I said, Hey, every time we go to a meeting or we go to a degree, you're the guy who's going to keep an eye on the ritual and you can report back to me if it was good or bad. And then I'm the, the jerk who's got to, you know, or maybe I say, Hey, it was awesome. Um, and then succeeding him was the guy that I had a I had asked to be my district uh, auditor for for finances. So lodges would have to hand over their their books, and he would check them. So um, in that way, there's a little bit of cronyism, but it's like kind of trusted that you're going to do the right thing. Um, and so I like that. But one thing that I think is fantastic about over in Canada is the way you guys do it. It's very like grecian senate is ish you know what i mean like everybody gets their shot you get a serve and uh, it's up to the lodges to put you up and i think that's really cool um you know it's it's certainly not that way everywhere uh that is pretty unique pretty awesome and i think it probably eliminates a lot of the arguments about cronyism and um is a much more fair way and uh, an easier way to go about uh putting somebody into a position of power like that. Uh, and the thing that mitigates it, right. Is like you actually have a course of curriculum that you would expect somebody to learn. So in here in Illinois, you're a past master. That's all. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There's, there's no like curriculum, right? You have a copy of the grand law constitution bylaws. You are told to adhere to that. Um, and in instances where a lodge needs to break protocol or something, you're the intermediary. And just like uh, Nicholas Lane, you know, we represent the grandmaster when he's not there. It's very like uh, provincial in, in, in a way. Um, it's really kind of funny, actually. In the 1990s, they proposed that we move to the system that we have right now. And they called them like provincial grandmasters and they shot it down and then they brought it in as DDGMs a few years later and they never really realized that um it's the same as it was proposed a few years ago <laughs> but uh name yeah. change yeah that's uh, that that's really how it is here in Illinois um that's really we, are not, we are not required to give up anything, just FYI. <laughs> so <laughs> we like to stretch more. guys as thin as possible here. Well, <laughs> when
1: you have so many secretaries for life, then you know it's hard for them to give up their job when they're district deputy grandmaster. Isn't that right, Robert?
2: Yeah. I wasn't a I I didn't take a secretary well wait. Son they of a gun. Did, know, I wasn't a secretary when I was a DDGM. I did two years as the education officer. Um, and so the last year I was education officer was also the first year I was secretary. Uh, wait a second. Dang. I was, I was both a district deputy grandmaster and a secretary. At the same time.
1: <laughs> yes. In perpetuity. Uh, but, um, I, I, I think this is, well, this is interesting what the differences are. Right. And I just want to chime in with, with our differences. And John and Jason chime in if you disagree. I mean, for us, um, you know, we have. I disagree. The awesomest district deputy grandmaster uh, this year in our district is uh, right. Worshipful Clancy Nidell. Big shout out to him. Um, I do not disagree. Yes, he is awesome. Clancy's awesome. awesome. And uh, yes, it is good to have him as my boss. But um, Robert, you said a couple of things that I found interesting. Like here in Virginia, they're required to make at least one official visit and during that official visit they have to they have a a whole report that they have to fill out and they sit down with the master and the secretary and the treasurer and we go over the books we go over membership we go over you know all this criteria and then during his official visit he has to be officially received and you can't get around that you have to do you know the whole ritual and the reception part of it and then um normally what happens is the district deputy grandmaster sits up in the east next to the master and he once he does his talk or his speech which is normally the grandmaster's uh theme for the year or stuff that he wants to do and plus his own his own two cents uh then he goes and proceeds to close the lodge so he sits as master you take your hat off you sit somewhere else and you let him do the closing ritual. Um, but there's no inspection like you have. I found that really interesting, you know, having them open and close on certain degrees and stuff. I've, that's cool. Um, but here in Virginia, we only, we only ever open and close on the master masons degree. Yeah, so, still. Business, so. so
2: yeah. We
3: Ohio have, does uh, inspections as well with their district. Well, that's we, cool. Yeah,
2: Ohio does an inspection based on the actual portrayal of the degree. Yes. Um, yeah. It's based we, on the degree. We don't like There is no mechanism to ensure your lodge is doing it correctly until a member of your lodge goes to the DDGM and says, hey, man, uh, this lodge is doing some funny stuff at their degree. You should probably come out and check it out. Uh And then, you know, they get ratted on and then we go out there and you're going to need to do it this way. And if they don't, then you got to, you know, you got to be a jerk.
3: I mean, you have to enforce the Grand Lodge positional right. standards. Right?
2: You have to. Yeah. Yes. Have but to not everybody understands there. that. Not everybody understands that weight. Like, if you want to be everybody, they used to tell me all the time, you can't be everybody's friend forever, right? Um, I disagreed with that. I said, you know, I could be at least, I know how to be friendly, right? Um, I know how to deliver bad news in a way that is empathetic. So, you know, it's not for everybody, but also, Yeah. Have have I been like, look, if it were up to me, uh, I might let it slide. But Grand Lodge is really, uh, you know, uh, have I used that excuse? Probably one or two times. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, people just get mad at you sometimes, and I think you got to have, you got to be strong for that. Nick, I think you're going to do great. Thank you. Don't let us down. We, we always I ask one of the past clients, so we get advisors,
4: right? So you have not only do you have that process, but we also ask for three people to be advisors, they so said to one of my advisors, what's the most important thing? And he said, I want to be the three Fs, fair, firm, and friendly.
1: I like I it. that's right order too. I can't do all three of those. Faculent. No, I
4: can't You go to Joe with beans, but <laughs> so I, I think the challenge you're, you're right. Is that you get, um, anomalies in the work, right? And the ritual. And, and we call it, you know, you call it district or you can call it historical. You can call it, there's different names you can say to it's, well, we do it this way. Yeah, no, Grand Lodge doesn't want to do that way. Try so, not having it written down. Yeah, well, some of these things aren't, but they're still going to tell you that you're going to go to the sessions. And so we have educational sessions for our deacons and our masters and our wardens and, and, and they're to follow those things. But you still have know, historic ways of doing things. And they're like, but that's the way we've always done it here in our area. Yeah. It was funny today when we were talking to the custodian, it was quite interesting as you're listening to people and you're like, you know, he's going to be writing notes, right? Thinking <laughs> about, like, oh, We do it this way and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Not and anymore. then he said it more than once. You're like, yeah, that guy's going to be probably coming to talk to you a couple times. Later, so maybe so- You haven't done that right
0: for a long time. I have a loaded question. So this is this is for both um, right. Worshipful Nicholas and and Robert. Um, Pastor District Deputy Grandmaster, the uh, what I know you're newly minted Nicholas, but what what are you looking forward to? Because again, there's we've talked a lot about the administrative burden and the work and the, Mm. the, the nights out, right? So if anyone is kind of like on the fence that it could scare people away, right? But you wouldn't do it if there wasn't some labor of love in there. So uh, I'll ask you, what are you looking forward to in serving in that capacity? And then I'll ask the, the same similar question to Robert, which is, what did you enjoy? Yeah. When you were in that position? Right? So what, what was it that was gratifying in that position? Let's start with Robert, and then we'll go back to uh,
2: Nicholas. Okay, cool. I get more dancing. I, you know, I think the thing I looked forward to the most was um, it sounds so like stupid and, and, and cheesy and silly, but I think it's legit. Um, staying busy, doing something I loved, right? And that was like helping and being involved, um, not for the feel good. But for just knowing, like it, it's kind of like, how do you sleep at night if you know you could make a difference and you're the, not trying? The, the impact you're so so. That was the thing. It was it's active grassroots kind of masonry where I felt like if for me, I I had a chance to like try to make a change. And my real goal was to assist in the changing of a viewpoint that many lodges have, which is F Grand Lodge. They're always telling us what to do, and they're taking our money and all of these things, right? There's this really weird mentality. Um, I saw it at my mother lodge in the beginning, and I saw it as I traveled around, and as a DDGM, I worked really hard to get these guys to understand that we work for you. And I don't mean that as lip service. Like you let me know what you need. And, you know, do, you know, making a couple sacrifices went a long way and they really weren't sacrifices, you know? Um, in one instance, a lodge was like complaining that. Um, the Grand Lodge told them they couldn't do this thing during an initiation uh, because they didn't have the proper attire. And I said, well, you can get that at Walmart. And they were like, well, nobody's got time. I said, I'll be at your lodge tonight and I'll bring it for you. Right? Like serving. And um, I think doing those things um, helped change some minds. And that really took off because you know I had a team of guys underneath me who I shouldn't say underneath me, but like, you know, worked with me to, to make things awesome. And they were right. the same way. They were all the same way. And it's since taken off. I mean, there are still some, some DDGMs who are like, if they do a bad, just show up every month. <laughs> that's not how you, you know, win friends. That's so, not how you lead. Yeah. That's yeah, not, not how you lead. Right. It. So that's what I liked.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Cause that tells me that from a leadership perspective, you're an, for the right reasons, right? That you were you're there to genuinely care, make an impact, help people out. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Well, help
3: help become yeah. come better and stronger, right? That and I right. would
2: have I would have done it forever, but I got fired. So too
3: good of a GM. I was too
2: good of a
0: DDGM. D- D- <laughs> well, I'll stop that right now. All right, um, right, Worstful. Nicholas. What Great. are you looking forward to? Two so
4: things. Um, So when you think about, at least here, Canada's, I know some of your rules were a little more lax when it came to the restart process. So I would say last year, 2022, in our 11 lodges, I'd say eight restarted successfully. Hmm. So you have the remainders kind of getting there. So now we're at the end of 2023. I think we've all restarted. We've had one amalgamation, Actually, two. So interestingly enough, this this district used to be 12, and we gained one from another district. So in our district, it's A, B, and C, each with um, 11, 10, and 9 lots So, you know, in our, call it 50-mile radius, there was a large amount of people here. Uh, but you asked me why did I do this. Two things. I want to help restart. To me, it's the the restart and try to energize our lodges. I think RJ said it really well that we need for them, them, the participants, because not everybody understands what a district does right, or what Grand Lodge does and how you can, you're a conduit to help them, not be the grumpy people above you, those Grand Lodge guys that are all terrible, blah, blah, blah. So there's that. My theme for this year is enlightenment. So all of you guys know that. But we all kind of share a similar bond and in a lot of ways where we look at esoteric and, and try to look at enlightenment. And I'm trying to, my catchphrase is make our lodges enlighteners. I want them to help their journeys because we talk about ritual education and mentorship in, in our jurisdiction realm. And we forget how to teach people how to be good educators. So. I really want to help people understand what enlightenment means and what does it mean in their personal journey. It doesn't matter if you're an ender apprentice, a master mason, a past master, or a DDGM. We all, we all have that path, and we can all get better at it. The other one is I want to make every, our district stronger, one man at a time. That would be my, you know, two-minute elevator speech is making you know, the district stronger one man at a time. What do I want to get out of it? I want to have a, a, a rock solid charitable event. So one of my district chairmen is, is going to to assist us to do that. We have days of masonry. Our grandmaster wants us to not have the big banquets and we get to do all these fun things. He wants us to do education. So we'll be, I have another <laughs> chairman working Gasp. on an education. Uh, we're going to have a, a, I want to call it a Masonicon. But uh, we'll see what I will call it in the end. So we're going to probably then do that in June. And the intention is that we'll have a fundraiser on the same day or at night. And the Masons that come to come to our education series, if they would like to, then if they want to help raise money for the hospice, uh, they can do that too. So, so we have that. Food for Kids for our charity. I want to continue doing what our other masters have done. And then last but not least it's really try to bring that legacy to teach the guys behind me so that we can make a difference uh, and not <laughs> in, in the district line to make sure that they have the tools, the skills, the knowledge and the enthusiasm to, to, to bring it forward. And I'm like, Robert, I really want to help the grassroots when you're in your lodge level. I don't represent Burlington Reunion Lodge. I represent Hamilton District A as the representative of Grant Lodge. My job is to help all Lodges, not just my Lodge. So how do we take the goodness of what we do in each of our Lodges and then spread that enthusiasm across the board, provide quality education an excellent mentorship process and a way to track to make sure that we're doing fiscally correct things to make sure that. Our due structure is right. We know what we're going to do. We have a long range plan. All those things we talk about. And last but not least, just make sure that our membership know all the great resources that our Grand Lodge has put together. We've just rebranded and it was interesting. We had the whole exercise talking about branding. You know, we're going to go to the Grand Lodge website, make sure that we all have the right business card that has the the district, district deputy grandmaster, and I have a district secretary that's the the secretary of the district, his job is to act as that secondary conduct. So we go in pair. You, I didn't make that known, but yeah. So I have a another uh, another brother, or another with me who who comes with me. So uh, again, there's a selection process. I get to select my secretary it could be from my lodge or or from another lodge, and that uh, that district secretary. The two of us work in tandem. Uh, my job is to to look after the ritual. Do a lot of the executive components. His job is to audit the books, go in and and do that whole pre-audit. When I'm looking at ritual and the other pieces, so again, there's a clearly defined process that he's going to use, and that I'm going to use in conjunction. And two together, we then we then pipeline information back into Grand Lodge, and then that gets filtered and then utilized. So uh, yeah, long way to say, I want to help. Our lodges get stronger, better.
0: That's why. that's good. I mean, again, that's that's a, a good sign of leadership, right? It's it's servant leadership. It's I'm willing to help. I want to do what I can yeah. in the position that I am in, in order to make a difference. So, thank you for for both of you uh, for being in that position and trying to help Masonry in that way. Because again, it's it's probably often a thankless task um, because of of where you sit and and the the work that has to be done. The other thing I, w- I wanted to consider too, is we've talked about some of the benefits and some of the areas of administration. However, you, you did say something early that one of the, the last duties that you have is, uh, peaks and quarrels, right? How do you, yeah. you know, that is an unfortunate part of being in that, that position is that you right. also have to deal with things that may not go right. The things that, uh, the Masonic trials and, and all that. So, what are you? You know, I guess the general question is kind of like, what's your general thought process? What is your general approach to to handling it if it comes up? Let's assume that there is there is an issue that, that arises. Um, how, how are you planning on using the all the the leadership skills that you have in order to make that a smooth uh, and hopefully painless process?
4: So I think the the biggest thing that uh, many of us forget is that our constitution and bylaws are the first place that we have to go to. So it doesn't matter what we think. It's what was written down in the way that we as orderly men in process have to follow with what our grand law says. It doesn't matter. Some of us work in multiple jurisdictions, myself included. And one of those courses that I had to take was to, to, to learn the constitution inside out and backwards so that you could understand if there was a peak in coral, if it was stated in, in conduct or how that needed to be done, you would then go back into the uh, the constitution first off. Uh, the the question about you know what kind of peaks and coral. So if it's if it's interpersonal, obviously we've we've been given skills both through our, our our call it Masonic training as well as our vacation to to understand how we're gonna do that. Um, if there's questions about ritual ground master makes it quite simple. We go to the custodian of the work and, and we work through there. And the last but not least, I think the bigger one is know when you're outside of your pay grade, don't solve things you can't. There are certain things that's that good. we as leaders have to be able to say, that's not my role, I'm going to put up my hand and say, yes, I acknowledge we both have a problem. I understand both sides are not seeing eye to eye. I need to take your discussion, understand what it is and go to the next level of management to understand what are we going to do officially to do this? Because I do not want to step outside of my guardrails to get either myself, yourself or the lodges in uh, in some outside of an MD processor in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very sticky wicket. So I think that it's understanding what we can solve. And that's kind of where you have those advisors. You can go to the advisor and say, hey, I have two men on either shoulder that can say, okay, you're past district deputy grandmaster. What what do you suggest here? And, and the, the biggest question that we always say to you is, I understand that. Why don't you send that to me as an email? <laughs> Put that in I'll writing. I'll get right back to you. <laughs> I'll make sure that we have the right resources. Understand what we can do to help you. So yeah, it's, it's a legal it's record. It's a legal record. It's auditable. because we can say it. So, yeah. I my favorite author uh, is Tom Clancy, and I remember a quote that says, "If you didn't write it down, it never happened." Yeah. That's, that is true. So, so a lot of those things are, I think, are we, we want to call them common sense, but as you continue to move up, and especially into these roles, you're, you're at that level where you have to use that scene of the leadership. To understand what the challenge are, how to remediate it, when you can be firm, when you can go to the Constitution, if it's not constitutional, and if it's constitutional, you go to the Grand Secretary. If it's yeah, I
0: appreciate I appreciate regional. that because that's a that's a good response of like, you know, we're just going to follow the process, we're going to follow the rules and regulations that are laid out, right? So yeah. it's <clears throat> you're taking a little bit of the emotion out of it, and you're 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 doing it at, at by the book, and that's that's the yeah. right answer, right? Yeah. So that's good.
4: So Robert, I don't want to do it though.
0: But yeah, yeah, exactly. Hopefully that never happens. Yeah, Everything that, goes. I think that's easy. gonna happen
4: more than enough. But let's move right along.
0: Yeah. Robert. So Robert, did you have any peaks and corals you had to deal with in the past or? Um,
2: I did. Yeah, I mean, Oh, uh, really? Well, it was it was interesting because I think there were a couple times as a DDGM, I had to step in as a sort of interlocutor between some brothers of a particular lodge, um, and they were we we worked it out pretty well. Uh, we went through the constitution and bylaws together of the lodges, and we said, you know, this really isn't a problem, or this was a problem, and you're going to need to stop doing this and you need to start doing this, right? You know, kind of like you said, if it, if you don't write it down, it doesn't uh, exist. Well, everything has to be written down. There's no gentleman's agreement anymore because uh, we're dealing with, in some cases, half a million dollars in finances. So everything has to be documented, right? Um, interestingly enough, I got most of my peaks and quarrels that I was, uh you know, I helped and assisted with, um, after I was a DDGM. Um, mm. once, uh, I had, uh, left the role, um, you are kind of in a pool of like best of the best in terms of ethics by the code working for Masonry kind of thing um and that's I, so I, I assisted on what they called commissions uh which are when a lodge has uh a significant issue um one case it was a financial thing and there were factions in a lodge like and then uh, another time uh so with the factions we had to they couldn't even uh, they couldn't buy toilet paper for the lodge without the DDGM current, as well as the commission, which was myself and two other district deputy grandmasters who were passed, getting together and saying, Yeah, you could buy toilet paper. Right. So there, there's a lot of stuff that we could do. Right. And if they, if they don't pass the commission, which is like getting back straightened out and we pass a favorable report up to the grandmaster, he will arrest the charter. So it's like a last ditch effort to assist the lodge in getting on the right track. It's not always taken, uh, with uh, glee as you could imagine. Um, and then uh, the other time I, you know, another commission I served on was, uh, was based on an actual dislike of membership. Like there were two factions in a lodge and they just didn't like each other. And a whole contingent of line officers decided to get up and resign. So it left and the secretary, the worshipful master, senior and junior wardens, they left. Um, and so that was that was rough. So uh, those are the kind of things that uh, sometimes we have to deal with. Um, they take up much yeah. more than your your typical time that you would think, um, you know, is Nick knows and it will, con- you know, uh practice going to all of these meetings plus more um, it's a real commitment and because of that i think that's very special and uh, it is a a thankless job but uh, i think a lot of the people when they know what we're really doing we're not sitting at home twiddling our thumbs oh just collecting you know who i'm a right worshipful now um, it doesn't mean anything if nobody uh, cares about the respect and knows that you're actually working for that so um and obviously nick's no slouch he's been around um he's done it all so i think very proud
1: of you man very proud yeah, of you
2: i think it's a great opportunity and um not just for Nick, but for the, the members of his district to uh, work together on, on some of these great ideas he's got. So
0: of course. All right. We are at that time where we get to ask the final question of the night. So I'm going to start with Joe. So our uh, right worshipfuls have a time to sit and think about the answer. So uh, given the difference and the awesomeness that it comes with the responsibilities of the district deputy grandmaster, If you could add one responsibility, any responsibility at all, that you would add to the District Deputy Grandmaster, what would it be and why? If you could add any responsibility to the already existing responsibilities of the District Deputy Grandmaster, what would it be and why? Joe, take it away.
1: Yeah, uh, nothing is, uh, not having been a district deputy grandmaster and, uh, I, I've been blessed these last two years to report to a district deputy grandmaster. That's always, always been on my side and has always given me wise counsel. Um, has never steered me wrong. And even when I want to do something stupid, um, they're there to provide that guidance. I, I can't, I can't think of any more to give them as a job. Um, you know like i said I, I can only speak from from my experience looking up to people who are district deputy grandmasters and being super proud of them um yeah i got i gotta i gotta punch out i don't have any other job i think they have plenty to do <laughs> if, if they do it all you know
0: yeah absolutely yeah all yeah, right yeah. wow well that's that's a first joe yeah. was speechless all right thank you <laughs> okay well let's say we're to robert
2: Uh, I think the one thing that we could do, um, and I think we could do it and automate the process and we could make it so that it's a glance, you know, once a month or something is to have a um, sort of scrubber of a database that would, uh, look through the membership database names and, you know, dates of birth and put them against any of the uh, felonious activities that occur around the state. Um, Because... Double check, huh? I think uh, that would be a wonderful thing. And uh, if something gets flagged, we can check it out and verify. And if not, we're good to go. It's fine. But um, there are... Uh, guys who are in our fraternity that uh, that they do uh, unfortunately abuse the law and um, don't always get held accountable for. And the only way Grand Lodge ever knows about this is that when a member brings it up to Grand Lodge, Grand Lodge doesn't actively run these reports and go, oh, so-and-so had a felony last week. It's time to expel them um, because they just don't know. Um, so I would, I would uh, enhance a little bit of the uh, jur- jurisprudence um, that, that we have. And, uh, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, violating anybody's uh, privacy rights or anything, just, just public record stuff. You know, if, if you can get it from the police, then it's public record and whatever. I mean, that
0: makes sense, right? You're, you're the, you're the arm of the, dis- of the grandmaster. So you should really should be just making sure the membership is uh, staying in line.
2: Yeah. And That's if you can, and if you're not going to do those kind of audits or whatever, be active and know the membership at least because, you know, if you live in a, a local town or something, then even if you're just scoping the news, you'll see, you know, if something gets brought yeah. up and you'll see people, you know, like, and if you know that name, you check it out. Just be
0: aware, I guess. Be aware. Be the eyes on the prize. All right, Brother Jason and then right worshipful Nicholas.
3: So I think the the additional duty that I would put forward is is one that I would argue that DDGMs already have, but it's it's more or less implied. And so I'm I'm a big fan of upward feedback. And uh, you know, at work we do a lot of, of surveys that we'll send out where we we invite um, our peers and our teammates um, and team members to um, you know give us their feedback on how we are as leaders. And I think, you know, a core duty of any district deputy grandmaster should be to give active, direct feedback to the grandmaster and the grand lodge on what's resonating, what's not, and um, how the brethren of the lodges are are impacted or, or how they think about everything from the grandmasters charity to edicts and initiatives. um, Because let's, let's be honest, you know, it, you know, this, this even goes down to master, but as a DDGM and and as a worshipful master, like if you have a fantastic grandmaster, you're going to have a really, really good year. Um, And you're already kind of starting off um, ahead of the game. And so I think, you know, instituting more or less of a formalized feedback mechanism um, to understand that, you know, the, the Grand Master is not just a benevolent dictator, but, but he, is, he, he also should be aware of the, the impacts of the Grand Lodge's actions on, on the Lodges themselves, both, both positive, negative, and, and neutral, right? And so that's, that is what I would add as a you know an official duty uh whereas it's more implied today.
4: So John you wanted me to say what else could I do?
0: Yeah, I saved you for uh, for next last? to last.
4: Mm-hmm. And a day what between would you Tuesday and Wednesday, that extra day. Um
0: schmooze Day.
4: Schmooze day. I'm kind of like Joe. Um, so the, the training I've been given and the amount of things that I've been asked to do, I'm not sure, other than what Jason's already said, which is implied, and I would say in our jurisdiction, as I think you can see, that there's a lot of formality in the way we do what we do. So I have to write, I think, four reports every every quarter that I have to send into the uh, into the district secretary. Chat GPT. Um, Yeah, maybe Um, at the year end report. So. uh, The only thing I can think of um, is how do we make sure that we have and I think it's more like what Jason says is a feedback loop from the members actually to say, okay, how how are we doing? So if we remove the fact that, you know, you just became a district deputy or maybe you're you're repeating your year what do, what does your constituent members think that we're doing? What's the report card they can give to us? Because I think as leaders, if we're not listening to people in which we serve, we are serving blind. So I'd say the biggest problem we have right now is we do a lot of reporting upwards. We don't have a lot of the constituent lodge coming back to us and say, so, you know, that education piece you did yeah, is kind of flat. Like, why did you do this? How did you check that? or you know, what, what were you doing? What was your team thinking? And then I think it's holding us accountable. And it's not just myself, but it's it's the district team. There's a lot of times where I think people get a point and you talked about it earlier, RJ. It's, it's, we need to be accountable. We need to be accountable for what we do and how we act. And I don't know if we have that in a good place. I think we're trying to solve a lot of other problems and the check and the balance right now is that by the time you've got to the role you're at, I think the answer is is they're hoping by hook or by crook that you're that right leader, that there's been enough processes to weed that out that that you won't need that. But I don't necessarily think that's always a a good strategy. I think we should always have feedback loop to our members. So that's something I would
0: add. Awesome, thanks, super cool. All right, well, thank you for joining us. It's been great and congratulations on your nomination and election. And we hope you have an awesome, awesome year in your leadership position. So thank you. All right. Um, me to close out. All right. The one thing I would add, thinking about the all the various roles and responsibilities, since you are the eyes and ears of the Grand Master, and wearing my membership hat, and looking at the demographics of the craft, I would love I would love for a lot of that information of what works. To be, uh, channeled up a lot faster to the, to the grand line and to the, you know, the statewide, um, visibility, right? Because we're still in membership decline and yet, uh, there's still pockets of excellence. And I, I, I think, you know, what works really well should be repeated, should be acknowledged and embraced and, and rewarded. And so. I think that would be maybe if I had to add a responsibility to the district deputy grandmaster position, I would add that one. So that way uh, the bright spots can be repeated, can be shared, can be communicated and, and hopefully, you know, give some more vitality to the craft because, you know, not all lodges are, are, are different and have different cultures. And I think uh, one thing that we could do is really learn from each other and learn what works well and what doesn't. And so, That would be the only thing I would add, but again, with some of the, so many things on the plate of the administrative role of of the District Deputy Grandmaster, there's plenty to do, and I think that would be certainly one thing that could uh, be shared amongst the the craft. So, with that, this was an amazing topic. Again, thank you, uh, Brother Nicholas, for joining us. Yay! Yay! And so, um, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much for watching, and keep searching for more light. Have a good night.
3: Wow. Wow.